I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Many analysts do not believe Russia wants a military conflict in Ukraine. So, what is President Putin's real aim with the buildup of Russian troops along the border? And there might be an unlikely spot or source or framing that might help us better understand what's going on. And I'm sure it's one no one has thought about until today. <clears throat> it is the sport of judo. Could judo give us an insight into the Russian leader, what he's thinking, what he's trying to accomplish? Uh, really pleased to have joining us back on the program, Dr. Leon Aron, who is the uh, senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, where he studies Russian domestic and foreign policies, U.S.-Russia relations, and the economic, social, and cultural aspects of Russia's post-Soviet evolution. He was born in Moscow, uh, came to the United States as a refugee in 1978, and always delivers extraordinary insight, including a piece he wrote for The Hill today, Winning by Points, Putin's Judo Match with the West. Uh, Dr. Iran, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. So, so give us some framing here. A lot of people have been prognosticating, you know, what uh, President Putin does and doesn't want. Uh, your framing centered around an interesting model around judo. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, uh, as you know, well, as you may know, um, uh, Putin was a, a judo enthusiast, a judoka. Um, he actually credits judo with essentially making him, um, you know, a, a true man. Uh, he was sort of a peculiar combination of mama's boy and a little hooligan. And um, in, in growing up in the post-war Leningrad. Um, and so in judo, contrary to what people may think, um, you very rarely win by uh, 100 points um, or a throw. Um, you generally accumulate points, um, 10 points, one point even. And, and that's how Putin became the champion of Leningrad in his younger days. And so I thought that that this, if you take a large-scale invasion, and I'll, I could come back to it, why I think it will never happen, and I said that two months ago, um, as, as, as a throw, 100 points, um, Putin would not go for this, um, largely because of the domestic opposition. His, his domestic audience would not stand for um, bloodshed and 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 um, huge Russian casualties, which inevitably will follow a large-scale invasion of Ukraine. 
um, and instead accumulates points. Well, all kinds of points. Um, his main audience is, of course, his domestic audience. So point number one, remember, it is sold to the Russian people completely differently. It is sold as a defensive maneuver, Ed and armed by the United States. Ukraine is about to attack Russia, or maybe not Russia, then Crimea. Well, maybe not, maybe not Crimea, but essentially the Russian enclaves um, or protectorates um, in Donbass. That's the first point. The second point is, again, for the same audience, is that he um, spoke to uh, a Russian president, I'm sorry, American president, the American president, uh, more times than anybody in the history of U.S.-Russian relations mm. uh, during the same period of time. U.S.-Russian or U.S.-Soviet, for that matter. So that you're talking about over 80 years. About eight times by my count uh, within the first 12 years of uh, President Biden's in office. Um, every time the American, uh, the Russian leader, and that goes all the way back to Stalin and, and the Soviet leaders, speaks to the, Russia, to the American president. That's a huge domestic boost mm. because for the Russians, ultimately, there's only one country. Uh, and that's America, yeah. that it considers its equal. And then, then you could go down the list of what he wants from NATO, sometimes reciprocally, sometimes not. Um, and let me make – we could go through that list if you want. Yeah. But uh, there's there – so, 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 so fine. So, so the next one is, um, of course, uh, uh, the two things he wanted the most, um, the middle-range missiles, and mm-hmm. he claims that anti-missile um, systems – in Poland and Romania are not really anti-missile, that they actually could be reprogrammed to attack Russia. So, so let's limit or eliminate them, maybe reciprocally. You know, the Russians will, will not deploy um, their uh, middle-range missile. In any case, um, without going into through the whole thing, and we could go back to it, he has, I think, about five to six <laughs> solid points uh, some of when some of which are 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 actually worth ten points. Yeah. So so one last thing, let me mention, actually um, two very important things I want your listeners to remember. Um, one thing is kind of intangible but extremely important. Putin tested NATO. He tested um, its effectiveness, its um, uh, ability to um, uh, unite for a timely, effective response. And he found out that there is none. Um, uh, and that is, that is both very important to him, but also very dangerous to us. And one other thing, remember, Putin started with a so-called uh, written, he demanded written reply. And the two things there were non-starters, one of which was that, was that uh, uh, Russia essentially exercised the veto power, right? That he, he demanded that NATO pledges never to accept anyone, any country from the former Soviet Union into NATO. And NATO said, uh, and the White House primarily, that this is a non-starter. However, de facto, of course this happened. (laughs) Can you imagine the trauma (laughs) seared in the brains and and hearts of the leaders of NATO and particularly um, uh, the American president? Of course, after this demonstration, no post-Soviet country will be ever invited um, into NATO. So, so he uh, he he's achieved quite a few things. Yeah, and it is uh, kind of racking up points, as you say, judo style. Uh, and uh, I want to go back just real quick. We have just a couple seconds uh, left here, 
doctor, and, and I want to get to this, uh, what he has going on at home and why that's so important. You mentioned uh, that President Putin and President Biden spoke uh, probably eight times in various forms, in person, video, you know, virtual phone and so on. Uh, and that's such a, a big thing. Uh, what else is it that that President Putin is trying to score points on? And what is the impact of having Ukraine, if Ukraine is more successful and more free and has more entrepreneurs and more upward mobility, uh, how does that threaten the overall scorecard for Vladimir Putin? Oh, this is this is an overarching concern. Um, and we could say that um, very simply. A, a, a politically stable and economically prosperous Western-oriented uh, Ukraine is absolutely unacceptable to Putin because he claims that, that Ukrainians really, although Ukrainians deny it, they're really not different from Russians. They're brothers. Um, and if the, if the Russians who have had very, very poor economic performance and are looking at a very poor economic performance, mm-hmm. largely because, um, it, you know, structural problems with uh, property rights, uh, courts that are for sale, you know, the usual. And, and by the way, also the state takeover of the two-thirds of the economy. Right. Um, they're looking at all of, oh, and an enormous um, uh, uh, defense expenditures. As a percent of the GDP, Russia spends more in defense than any other large country today. Mm. Um, so so they're looking at all of this. And, and if Ukraine gets its house in order, or I should say if they manage somehow yeah. to overcome those obstacles that, that, that Putin throws their way, um, then, then I will say, yes, he will invade. Yeah. Um, but he's not there yet. It's still a very unstable country. Mm-hmm. Um, politically still, you know, oligarchs maneuvering the, the political power of President Zelensky is rather shaky. Uh, corruption is reducing, but enormous. Um, economic growth is okay, actually better than Russia, yeah. but still far from um, anything spectacular. Yeah. So, so in that sense, uh, why bother? I mean, <laughs> right. you know, let them let them sort of stew in their own juices. Play out, yeah. Fascinating insight as always, uh, Dr. Leon Aran, senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Great piece uh, on how President Putin is kind of going judo style, scoring points, not looking for the big throw. Uh, but small points uh, that are so important. And uh, Dr. Aram, we'll look forward to having you back as our uh, ringside commentator and scorecard keeper uh, as we look at the continued uh, conflict. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today. Very good. Thanks. All right. We're going to step aside for one last commercial break. We'll come back. Final thoughts. I just think that's so fascinating what Dr. Aram talked about in terms of what Vladimir Putin is really trying to do and how he's winning He's racking up some significant points, uh, judo match style, and why we need to make sure we're being strategic and how we approach it. Stay with us. More to come on Inside Sources. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. 
That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.